the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And so the people willingly sold their souls to Pharaoh to usher in a new era of security in Egypt, full of peace and prosperity without God, but no freedom and no property, no faith, no freedom to worship God in God's way. They sold their souls in a pattern of what the mark of the beast would be. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's message is entitled, The Kingdom of Slaves in the Land of Goshen. We brought you the first portion of this broadcast. The last time we were together, we will conclude it now. And thank you for listening today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and you are always welcome. The broadcast is also streamed live at reachinghearts.org slash video. We'll have details on that and more as we continue with today's broadcast. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. And they didn't know God in the right kind of way. They were materialistic men and women. Egypt is the foundational historical principle in terms of philosophy and ideas of a this-worldly religious system. They were materialistic men and women like the modern secular world all around us, and they wanted security instead of freedom. And that's how they sold their souls to Pharaoh and his kingdom of slaves. Look at verse 19. They said, why should we die before your eyes? Buy us and our land. So they came up with the idea, buy us and our land for food, and we with our land will be slaves to Pharaoh and give us seed that we may live and not die, and that the land may not be desolate. Friend, freedom is always lost when faith surrenders to fear and life surrenders to things. When a person chooses to be a slave, they choose the path of a hard life without a future and a hope. And so living becomes existing when pessimism takes over, when you surrender your freedom to the kingdom of slaves. As the agent of Egyptian power, Joseph enslaved the entire nation of Egypt in a totalitarian system that made Pharaoh the absolute ruler and owner of the people of the land. It started out, oh, we'll just give ourselves to Pharaoh's goodwill. They gave themselves to a future slavery. As the agent of Egyptian power, now Joseph, this is the paradox, Joseph enslaved the entire nation of Egypt in this system. Joseph, who had been in prison, Joseph had been enslaved, became the agent and enslaved the whole nation of Egypt. Joseph ruled during the reign of the Hyksos invaders who subjugated Egypt. And we know that that was a brief period in Egyptian history. Joseph was part of that subjugation. Joseph is the one who finished the job. Look in verse 20. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, and all the Egyptians sold their fields because the famine was severe upon them. The land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he made slaves of them from one end of Egypt to the other. Verse 22. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, For the priests had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have this day 
bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. When no man can buy or sell, the people sold themselves to Pharaoh to live. The same thing will happen at the time of the end, the mark of the beast. What happened then will happen again. Revelation 13.11, Then I saw another beast which rose out of the earth, an end-time world power. It had two horns like a lamb. It spoke like a dragon, a Christian power, lamb-like in the context that arises at the end of the Middle Ages in Christian America because it is Christian America. This lamb-like beast is Christian America that arose as a place of freedom for the world, offering a better ideal. It started out Christ-like like a lamb. Some people say, well, America had awful origins. They're ignoring Scripture when they say this. America arose as a lamb-like Christian power in its early origin. Its constitution is Christian. Its declaration of independence is based on Christian principles. I didn't say that the Bible describes our country as a lamb-like beast. But it doesn't stay that way. The Bible says it transitions. It speaks eventually like a dragon. It does not retain its lamb-like qualities forever. A nation always speaks with the laws and enacts. The United States, the lamb-like beast of the apocalypse, dear heart, will one day soon make laws that attack God's people and His holy law as it speaks like a dragon. The Bible says this, verse 12. It says it exercises all the authority of the first beast, the medieval world kingdom order. In its presence, the old comes back and America rises to oppress. And it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. Friend, this great superpower that we live under, the United States of America, will one day use its power to force Christian conscience to violate God's law. The freedom of conscience always matters to Christians. When you can force someone at a whim to do what you want them to do because you're in power and you don't care about their Christian conscience, you can do anything to that person in time. You can eventually kill that person. Verse 13, it says it works signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in the sight of men. And by the signs which is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, bidding them to make an image for the beast which was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Friend, the United States is the lamb-like beast at the time of the end. And it's such like Joseph, it will serve as the prime minister kingdom for the beast that arises from the sea, the emerging world order. The new Rome at the end is the beast, but the lamb-like beast leads the way. It will enslave the world to the beast at the time of the end. Verse 15, it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so the image of the beast should even speak and to cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. The beast was a church-state system in the Middle Ages. Our country will lead the way in forming an image of that church-state system of the Middle Ages by institutionalizing religion, false religion, in the United States of America. The Greek word pneuma, translated in verse 15 as breath, is literally spirit. This union of church and state, which was the stuff of the beast of the Middle Ages, an image to it will be built at the time of the end by Christian America. And so this union of church and state glued together by a false spirit of the collective and the totalitarian authority of the state, a union that is not of Jesus Christ, will draw the world together at the time of the end. And this political religious union brings coercion, the loss of freedom at the time of the end. Friend, church and state will unite with the secular disposition of the socialist and communist ideal in modern social justice movements to bring end-time oppression at the time of the end. 
You say, well, wait, Pastor Mike, you said they all get together here. That's right, I said that. Remember that the Pharisees were to the right. The Sadducees were to the left. The Pharisees were religious conservatives. The Sadducees were liberal progressives. And they came together to crucify Jesus Christ, if you read your Bible correctly. They both worked in tandem to get it done. That's why I don't want to be in the right or left. I want to be with Jesus. Are you with me? I don't want to wrap my head around a political party, Democrat or Republican. I want to wrap my head around Christ and be a part of His kingdom. The right and the left will do the same at the time of the end. They work together in World War II. Conservative fascism in Germany, motivated by spiritualism and atheism via evolution. Conservative fascism in Germany, motivated by spiritualism and atheism via evolution. And liberal fascism under Mussolini in Italy worked together to destroy the Jews. Historians inform us correctly that these social movements, together with communism, are the political children of spiritualism in the 19th century that look to the spirits of the dead to guide them. That's a fact of history. So you don't draw your worldview from an ideology that came directly from the enemy. Our thinking must be guided by Scripture, not the latest fad in our culture. Verse 16, also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand of the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. In the Bible, the Sabbath, dear heart, is the sign of the everlasting covenant. Of God's name, God's name, God's law, God's covenant, same thing. The Sabbath is the sign of the irrevocable law of God. And as such, the sign and seal of God is the opposite of the mark of the beast. That is the sign and seal of the beast's name, and thus its mark of power to enact laws against conscience. Ezekiel 20.12, amazing verse. Moreover, I gave them my Sabbath, what does it say? As a sign between me and them that they might what? Know that I, the Lord, sanctify them. Now look, I don't need to go to any philosophy to find meaning. I go to church on Sabbath because God finds me on Sabbath. I go to church because in the church of Christ, I have a Goshen experience. I'm set apart and I am sanctified and held by the power of God, nurtured by God's grace. Sabbath is a sign of the everlasting covenant. I'm a student of the Bible and of Bible prophecy. I'm not ashamed to say that. We live in a time when so many people want to come up with a new idea. I'd rather know God's thinking in Scripture. These three paragraphs here describe the transition we're living in right now. We are morphing into an oppressive nation in this country. Great Controversy, pages 588 to 589. Write it down in your notepad. Through the two great errors, the immortality of the soul, which led to spiritualism, and Sunday sacredness, Satan will bring the people under his deceptions. So these are two things we need to look out for. While the former lays the foundation of spiritualism, the latter creates a bond of sympathy with Rome. The Protestants of the United States will be foremost in stretching their hands across the gulf to grasp the hand of spiritualism. They will reach over the abyss to clasp hands with the Roman power. And under the influence of this threefold union, this country, that's us, the United States, will follow in the steps of Rome in trampling on the rights of conscience. As spiritualism more closely imitates the nominal Christianity of the day, in other words, it would find its way into Christian churches, find its way into Christian social movements and the like, as spiritualism more closely imitates the nominal Christianity of the day, it has greater power to deceive and ensnare. Satan himself is converted. After the modern order of things, he will appear in the character of an angel of light. 
Through the agency of spiritualism, miracles will be wrought, the sick will be healed, many undeniable wonders will be performed, and as the spirits will profess faith in the Bible, can you believe that? Spiritualism will say, hey, we believe in the Bible, and manifest respect for the institutions of the church, their work will be accepted as a manifestation of divine power. The line of distinction between professed Christians and the godly is now hardly distinguishable. Church members love what the world loves and are ready to join with them. And Satan determines to unite them in one body and to strengthen his cause by sweeping all into the ranks of spiritualism. That's why we have to not allow the thinking of the world to become our thinking. We must be guided by Bible principle informed by Bible history. She says, Papists who boast of miracles as a certain sign of the true church will be readily deceived by this wonder-working power. And Protestants, having cast away the shield of truth... And the Bible, understood, will also be deluded. Papists, Protestants, and worldlings will alike accept the form of godliness without the power. And they will see in this union a grand movement for the conversion of the world and the ushering in of the long-expected millennium. In other words, a new world era by change. And so the people willingly sold their souls to Pharaoh to usher in a new era of security in Egypt, full of peace and prosperity without God, but no freedom and no property, no faith, no freedom to worship God in God's way. They sold their souls in a pattern of what the mark of the beast will be. They sold their souls to the collective, the tyrant. Genesis forty-seven twenty-four, And at the harvest you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, Four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field, as food for yourselves and your households, and as food for your little ones. And they said, you have saved our lives. May it please, my Lord, we will be slaves to Pharaoh. And these are some of the saddest words in the Bible when they told Joseph, who had been a slave, we will be slaves to Pharaoh. Friend, for freedom Christ has set us free. Let us never make that kind of evil confession the church that we will be slaves to the world. Some people have asked me recently if Jesus is coming soon. Have you ever wondered that? Is Jesus coming soon? And here's my clear answer to every one of them. Jesus is coming soon. We are living before the coming of Christ. Don't fool yourself. If you're a young adult, if you're a teenager, you are perhaps the last generation on planet Earth. We are living in the time of the end right now. Friend, God has given us a Goshen as a holding place at reaching hearts and in North America and the world as Christians. But one day, real oppression will come to America and our Goshen here at Reaching Hearts Church will go away as it must. Why? Because we have to leave Goshen to go to the promised land. Hard times between Goshen and the promised land. Persecution, oppression between Goshen and the promised land. The children of Israel never bought into the idea of a collective that ignores the right of the person to prosper and own property. They never sold their souls to Pharaoh in Egypt or his kingdom of slaves. Joseph wore his other hat well in spite of the fact that he was the prime minister of Egypt. You see, he was more concerned about his family than he was the kingdom that he was a prime minister of. He knew there was no way to save the kingdom, but he could save his family. And behind the scenes, he worked hard to save his people from slavery and to secure their future. Kings can change, empires can fall, but the people of God must never be left without the care of God. He nurtured his people in a good land where they grew in faith in their relationships and their possessions and rights, rightly used for God in the prosperity that only comes from God. Friend, Joseph led his people through the world crises of his day to remain free people in the land of Goshen. 
Only two groups of people escaped the transition of Egypt into a kingdom of slaves, much akin to modern communism and socialism and our struggle for freedom today. The first group was the priests of Egypt. The second group was Joseph's people. Both remained free for different reasons. Genesis 47, 26. So Joseph made it a statute concerning the land of Egypt. It stands to this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth, the land of the priests alone, did not become Pharaoh's. Pharaoh preserved the opium of his false and evil religion because false and evil religion is always a good tool in the hand of a tyrant eager to enslave a good people. That's what he did. So he let the priests keep their land. In contrast, God's people remain free. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Because their religion was free and Joseph was their protector, and they grew in their prosperity during this time of difficulty. Verse 27, Thus Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen. They gained possessions in it. When everybody else was selling themselves, they were gaining possessions in it because God was blessing them. They were fruitful and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the days of Jacob, the years of his life, were 147 years. Friend, God's people who live in Goshen never willingly surrender their freedom to a kingdom of slaves. Their freedom can be taken by force, but it must never be surrendered by choice. In time, another pharaoh arose who despised the Hyksos pharaohs, the invading pharaohs of Egypt, and who had no regard for Joseph, no regard for the Hyksos kings. And Israel's prosperity became an object of envy and hatred for the impoverished Egyptians and the tyrannical new pharaohs. In time, a new Egypt arose. The times changed. And like a new world order at the time of the end that comes out of the sea in Revelation 13, the beast that ascends. This new world order of Egypt oppressed the people of God and enslaved them as they lived in Goshen, just like the beast will do at the time of the end. So between Goshen and Canaan, there is oppression. Friends, we are leaving Goshen for oppression in world history. Then we go to Canaan. Exodus 1.8, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war befall us, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. And they built for Pharaoh's store cities, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they oppressed, the more they multiplied. Some people say, well, why is God going to allow end-time oppression to come to the Seventh-day Adventist church? He's going to allow it because we need it for the cause of God to grow. We're too easy going in Goshen. We have to have oppression to be let loose and for our witness to shine at the time of the end. And the Egyptians, it says, were in dread of the people of Israel. Friend, we are living in the lull just before the storm at the time of the end. As Christians, we live in a place called Goshen. Goshen must eventually go for us to go home. The children of Israel were oppressed after many years of prosperity and freedom 
in this wonderful place of Goshen. And because of that prosperity and freedom, they were persecuted by the kingdom of slaves when the times changed, when a new king arose who knew not Joseph. The same will be true for us because the times are changing. The end time king of the north in Daniel represents the final coalition of power at the time of the end. When Egypt, secularism, communism, socialism, the king of the south, is absorbed into the final coalition of global power, a church-state fusion that incorporates these secular dimensions and becomes oppressive at the time of the end. It absorbs the secular, materialistic, socialistic, communist king of the south in Daniel 11. This invading kingdom will enter the glorious land of Goshen, and many will fall in our church according to Bible prophecy. I was at the seminary when the Berlin Wall fell. How many of you remember the Berlin Wall falling? Anybody here? Come on. Do you guys remember the Berlin Wall falling? You were too young. I was young, but I saw it happen. In fact, we had relatives that went over there and got a piece of the wall. Do you realize that Seventh-day Adventist expositors predicted the collapse of communism based on Daniel 11, 40, and 41? George McCready Price, Lewis F. Weir, great students of Bible prophecy. Elder Mark Finley was over there at that time. He understood this correctly. And through Elder Finley, thousands and thousands of people came to Jesus Christ in knowledge of prophetic truth. He baptized people by the truckloads. Mark Finley held it for a month or more. And when he was done with the speaker of It Is Written, he was an associate speaker at that time. Vandeman was the speaker. Elder LeBandeman sat there quivering in his older age, watching Elder Finley with him, baptize one person after another because these dear people who were locked up in slaves to this ideology came to Jesus Christ because prophetic truth was being shared. There were Seventh-day Adventists who lost their lives because they understood this to be true. A dear lady who translated The Desire of Ages under her bed with her typewriter lost her eyesight to give us the spirit of prophecy It would open up for these dear people over there. Other people suffered immensely. We are children of the Reformation. We are children of the prophetic truth of our times. And sometimes it's hard to know everything if we don't have a larger view of things. But I had studied these books and I was aware of it. And so when the Berlin Wall fell and I was in the seminary parking lot, I said, we're moving from Daniel 1140 and Daniel 1141. Just like George McGrady Price and Louis F. Weir had rightly ascertained from Scripture years earlier. We're living in a law. The same will be true for us because the times are changing. What happened then will happen now. Friend, all of this has to take place because Jesus is coming. You know, the King of the North will finally marshal his forces to destroy the people of God on earth. Daniel 11 is clear about this. He'll go forth with great fury to exterminate and utterly destroy many. He will plant his royal pavilions between the sea, the nations, and the glorious holy mountain. At that time, Michael will stand up, the great prince who is charge of God's people. And there will be a time of trouble such was never seen. Christ, the mighty protector of God's people, will stand up as God in human angel form. And it will be the end of the world and a new beginning. Let us hold on to Goshen as long as we can. Let us live in this good land that God has given us for a little while. And let us plan for the future, for the saving of souls. Now, I got good friends who are Democrats. I got good friends that are Republicans. I'm neither a Democrat or Republican. But I'll work with anyone who loves people and wants them to get to heaven and be baptized in Jesus Christ. That's a brother or sister for me. Is that fair enough? And we'll leave our politics out the door. 
the ideologies of the right and the left. And let's let Jesus in the door of our church and heart. Let us live for God well here as fully obedient and loving Christians in the Goshen experience of ours. Because one day we're going to leave this Goshen just like Israel left Egypt for the promised land. It got hard for them when the time came for them to go. The same will happen to us. It'll get hard. We'll be oppressed. We'll lose everything we have. And in that struggle, many people will turn to God. So let us pray every day and let us strive every day in humility and honesty to be ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Is that too much to ask? Let us do these things. Let us take noble courage that God has called and God will equip. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon for all those who leave the kingdom of slaves for the new Goshen that is the heavenly Canaan. Dear heart, Christ has waited for centuries. He has prolonged the second coming because He loves you and your family. He knows that we're in a sleepy state in the Christian world. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Recommit your life to Jesus. And let the Lord work in your life. I have noticed in my life, I'm in a struggle time. Are you there too? I'm pulled by things. I can worry about the future I have in the past. Sometimes I wonder how we're going to keep all of this in the light of the struggle. Yet God has been good every year. But friend, I want Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world offers, but give me Jesus. And you know who I want to take with me when Jesus comes? I want every one of you to be with me. I want my children to be saved. I want to be saved. So I end this sermon by saying, God loves you. Live in Goshen and go to Canaan. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. That will conclude Pastor Mike's message entitled The Kingdom of Slaves in the Land of Goshen. Remember, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Won't you join us for the worship service? It's held each and every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.